If reports are true and Carson Wentz is no longer going to be the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, there's one question. Who's next? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about an interesting question that was posed today in the comments section of this channel. How are the Indiana transfers doing elsewhere? Armand Franklin at Virginia, Al Durham at Providence, Jerome Hunter at Xavier. Give you a bit of a statistical update. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of enlightening. Indiana, they lose last night, so we're kind of turning our attention to the people who left. Could they have helped? This is Inside Indiana Sports, now with Kent Sterling. Wednesday, February 16th, what a day, 60 degrees out. It's fantastic, brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Jared Johnson's fantastic. You can trust him. We trust him. Installed a water heater, installed a garbage disposal, looked at the sump pump and said, hey, it's running perfect. It's like a dream. No need to replace it. You can trust him. Give him a call, 765-610-8809. Let's talk about sports. All right, uh, reports everywhere, and we've seen them. We've talked about them. Carson Wentz, and really what we've done is talk about Carson Wentz, right? Whether he's the right guy as the quarterback for the Colts. It is wrong to pin all blame on Carson Wentz. There's no question about that, but it would seem that Jim Ursay is dissatisfied with Carson Wentz and his opinion's the only one that matters. I've got to believe that he's the source. He's believed to be the source of these reports from Chris Mortensen and Jason Lockenfor of CBS Sports that Wentz is Goner's in Indianapolis. Why? You know what? When you're the owner, you make the calls like that, right? And Chris Ballard's got to figure out how to make the best. It's kind of like Hell's Kitchen, right? Or it's like this crazy-ass cooking game with Gordon Ramsay where they've got the thing going up and down and you get, you know, a, uh, a bucket full of uh, chicken wings and a pound of carrots and uh, three pounds of celery and some paprika, and you got to make a meal fit for a king. That's kind of where Chris Ballard's at in this whole thing with Carson Wentz. You got to find a way to get the most for him, or you got to cut him if Jim Irsay has decided you've got to go in another direction at quarterback. And right now you have to. Like you can't, you can't walk that back. You can't unring that bell and have Carson Wentz show up for for the home opener at Lucas Oil Stadium and have 65,000 Colts fans saying, well, let's see. Let's see if this guy's worth a damn or not. And the first hint of trouble, people are going to go bonkers, and they're going to go to Kurt Warner's YouTube channel, and they're going to say, Kurt, what the hell kind of a read was that? You're going to have problems is what you're going to have. You're inviting problems. That's what happens when you say on the record or on background or just say period to a guy like Chris Mortensen or Jason Lockenfora, we're moving on. You make life more difficult on the people who you are paying to build a roster capable of contending for a championship. So, if not Wentz, who? Let's run down the list. Look, I got Carson Wentz. We'll just go by passer rating. That makes it even easier. Carson Wentz in 2021 ranked 13th in the NFL in passer rating. And really, a lot of the guys in QBR and passer ratings are are very, very similar. It gives you a good place to start. Who would be an upgrade over Carson Wentz? Aaron Rodgers is obviously an upgrade. 
How the hell do you get Aaron Rodgers? What kind of a king's ransom do you have to give the Packers to arrest Aaron Rodgers? I don't think that he's going anywhere. He's expensive. You'd have to retool the deal, all that stuff. I think he's going back to the Packers. So that's just a non-starter. Would he be an upgrade over Wentz? 100% yes. Although you probably got to give up four first-round draft picks. And Carson Wentz is, or uh, Aaron Rodgers is flaky enough that he might just retire the day after the trade or shortly thereafter after one year, and you're on the hook for four ones. That isn't happening. And I don't think it would be responsible. How about Joe Burrow? Not happening. He is the patron saint of Southern Ohio football. Uh, Dak Prescott, that is extremely unlikely, uh, I feel like, with the Cowboys. Jerry Jones loves Dak Prescott. I think he's sticking around Dallas. How about Kirk Cousins? You could get Kirk Cousins, but what are you getting? Here's a guy over the course of his career as a starter, 59-59-2. You're just shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic going after a guy like Kirk Cousins. Is he an upgrade? Yeah, he's an upgrade. But is he a big enough upgrade to get to the Super Bowl? He's never been to one. So really, you have no idea what you'd be getting. And he's going to be 34 years old. Not that that's bad. 34 is fine. But over time, there is going to be, despite the outlier that is Tom Brady, there's going to be a degradation of skill at some point. What do you have to give up to Minnesota? Maybe they'd like to get out from under Cousins. Do you want to take him on? That's a question. Uh, Russell Wilson. Of course he'd love Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has been dynamic. He's been a tough, tough guy over his 10-year career with the Seahawks. He was 6-8 and eight this past year. He missed the first two games of his career, first three of his career this season. He's very, very expensive, but he's very, very good. If you could somehow arrest Russell Wilson from the Seahawks to come to Indy, you'd feel pretty good about things. Would he want to come here? That's a legit question. How about Matt Stafford? Not coming. Look, the Colts passed on giving the Lions two first-round draft picks, and... Uh, why they chose Carson Wentz over Matt Stafford, I have no idea. Matt Stafford would have come here. The Colts were on his list of three teams to whom he would be traded happily. Didn't get done. He goes to the Rams. The Rams win a Super Bowl. How about Tom Brady? Retired. If you could talk him out of being retired, that'd be wonderful. Of course he would take Tom Brady. I don't care if he's 60 years old. Uh, Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray's kind of interesting because Kyler Murray's unhappy at Arizona, and Arizona isn't thrilled with Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL who is dynamic as hell and is still in his rookie deal. That's the kind of guy you'd love to get if you were the Colts. Despite what you may perceive to be attitudinal problems, he's an upgrade at the position completely interestingly dynamic as a pairing in the backfield with Jonathan Taylor. However, who gives up a top 10 quarterback who's in the middle of his rookie deal so you can build elsewhere? We remember what that was like with Andrew Luck, right? You had Andrew Luck on the cheap. You'd go out and uh, like Ryan Grigson ran around, you know, like, uh, like a guy at a bachelor party in a casino throwing chips around for God's sake. And, uh, I don't think that the I think the Cardinals would be wise to try to make that relationship work 
rather than end it. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what? A lot of people don't like Jimmy Garoppolo, and I, I get to an extent why, because he has a tough time staying healthy, right? In, what's he been, been in the league eight years? Three of them is a backup to Tom Brady, so we take those three off the table. But five with the 49ers, and he has played the entire season or the majority of games over a season just twice. Now, in those two seasons, the 49ers went to the Super Bowl once, went to the NFC Championship a couple of weeks ago. So Jimmy Garoppolo can win. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a bad option, but Jimmy Garoppolo, you've got to have some kind of a good feeling that he's going to be able to stay healthy or things get murky. The amount you would have to give up to get Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know what that would be. Could Wentz be a part of that deal? You move his contract to take on Jimmy's contract? Eh, maybe. The, uh, you got some others, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Allen. It, these guys are not going anywhere. Teddy Bridgewater, 7-7. Seven and seven. This would be his fifth team back to 2017. Could four other teams be completely wrong about Teddy Bridgewater? And then you've got Ryan Tannehill. There's no way that the Titans allow Ryan Tannehill to come to the Colts. They're not going to make that deal within their own division. They just aren't. And then you're down to Wentz. So who among those guys are you going to be able to go out and get? I guess that's the challenge for Chris Ballard. None of these guys are free agents. Uh, Maybe Bridgewater. But the rest of the guys, I don't think these guys, none of them are free agents, right? Tannehill's not a free agent. I don't think, I know none of the rest are free agents. So how are you going to go about getting these guys? What are you going to use to leverage them away from their current teams? And how deep do you have to go into your draft pick reservoir to go get one? That's the question. Can you be competitive with Carson Wentz? Are you more competitive with him or going, you know, three first-rounders deep to go get somebody else, to go get a Kyler Murray? That's the question. And that, that's the one, you know what? They're working on it right now on West 56th Street. That is the big job that they're working on, and they've got till March 18th to figure it out because March 19th, Carson Wentz's contract vests, he gets a bonus, and the rest of his money for 2022 becomes guaranteed. And that's not where the Colts want to be. $15 million it would cost to say goodbye to Carson Wentz today and any time before March 19th. After that, it's $28 million and change. So this decision is going to be made before uh, March 19th. And it's going to be a very, very interesting decision. It could be made... Today's the 16th, March 16th, four weeks from today, a month from today. That's when free agency starts. That's when the trades can start, and all hell's going to break loose around here in central Indiana. The Colts, they need a left tackle, and they got to figure out this quarterback thing, or what do you got? Sam Ellinger. Hey, I love Sam Ellinger. Is he ready to be a starting quarterback, a Super Bowl caliber starting quarterback in the NFL? I hope he's working his ass off on West 56th Street and trying to figure out how to get that done. It's going to be tough. All right, Indiana loses last night to Wisconsin at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, 74-69.
And so the question was today, do you think Providence is upset that they got El Durham as a transfer? Because I said, I'm tired of transfers. I want this program built by Indiana, guys coming into Indiana and not just you know, going out and taking uh, free agents away from other programs like Xavier Johnson at Pitt, right? Doesn't seem like a sustainable path to success. You look at the programs in the Big Ten doing well, like Purdue. Purdue builds from within. Got to build from within. So how about the guys who have left Indiana compared to the guys who came to Indiana? Let's look at Xavier Johnson, for example. Xavier Johnson averaging 10.3 points per game, 3.7 boards, 4.4 assists, 2.5 turnovers, and he has hit 34.4% of his three-pointers. Al Durham. I know Al Durham's played a lot of minutes for Providence, but he's averaging 13.4 points per game, fewer assists, fewer rebounds than Xavier Johnson in more minutes, and shooting threes, he is 19 of 89 from beyond the arc, a 21.3 make rate for Al Durham. Is Providence happy? Providence is playing well. Al Durham and his shooting, you know what? He became a pretty good shooter at Indiana. Hit 38% last year. Going to Providence has not helped in that regard. How about Armand Franklin? Averaging 11.8 points per game. Good defense from Armand, too. Uh, 2.7 rebounds, 1.7 assists. He's hitting one quarter of his threes, 34 for 136. How about Jerome Hunter? 5.3 points a game, 3.6 rebounds, 0.9 assists, and he's hit 14 of 56 threes. That's also exactly 25%. I guess whatever's going on at Indiana from a shooting perspective, these guys took with them. Armand hit better than 40% last year from beyond the arc. Now he's hitting 25% despite jacking them up twice as often, more than twice as often, as Xavier Johnson. That's interesting to me. You know, we were talking about Cliff Marshall and the strength and conditioning deal at Indiana and whether it's causing shooters not to be able to shoot well. Well, these guys have gone to other programs, and they're worse, all of them. So what the hell? I mean, we're just throwing darts at a board trying to figure out why these guys can't shoot while... The guys who used to be there are much worse at it than they used to be when they were in Bloomington. So uh, Purdue at Northwestern tonight, 9 o'clock on BTN. Immediately prior to that, Illinois at Rutgers, which I think is going to be a great game. Do not be surprised if Rutgers pulls that game out. I called the Butler win last night at DePaul as well. Uh, Pacers against Washington, 7.30 tonight. Seven-game losing streak on the line for the Pacers. Usually you want to break one right before the All-Star break. But for the Pacers, losing tonight wouldn't be the worst thing ever. They are uh, tied right now for the fourth worst record in the NBA at, uh, what are they, uh, 19 and 40, right? So they have got to catch. You got Houston, you've got the Magic, you've got Detroit. Now the Magic and Detroit are six games behind the Pacers, But all is not lost, Pacers fans, because you play the Magic twice in the first six games after the All-Star break. So tonight, the All-Star break begins for the Pacers 
and they're off until a week from Friday. So off for nine days. Hopefully, they go to Cabo, they get sunburned, they drink a lot of beer, eat a lot of crap, come back here about 25 pounds overweight. That's what we'd like to see from our Pacers because we want the number one overall pick, do we not? Uh, to catch, uh, they also play Detroit um, toward the end of that six, or actually at the end of that six-game stretch that opens the final stanza of the regular season. Hey, boy. Never been number one. The Pacers have never had the number one overall pick. They had the number two pick in the draft three times. This time, I don't think the Fever have had the number one pick either. Come on, Herbie. You know, start saying some prayers. Uh, Herbie and Steve and Kevin and Chad and everybody, say your prayers. Let's get that number one overall pick for Central Indiana. Let's go. By losing. Let's stop. Right? Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning. Can't wait to talk to you then. The Carson Wentz thing, God bless the Pacers, man. Or God bless the Colts and, and Chris Ballard. I would imagine... You, you really do what you can to try to keep Jim Ursay away from guys like Chris Mortensen and Jason Locke and Fora because that, he can confuse stuff. I can't believe Ballard said that stuff, and I know Wright didn't say it. It had to come from Jimmy. And, and that just, that's like, oh, my God. All right, like we didn't have enough problems. Now we got this to worry about. When Jim Ursay gets impatient, feathers get ruffled at West for 56. There's no question about that.